and welcome back to season two of What's Happening. Uh, listening with me, Miles Atkinson, an app sales lead at Google, uh, Google UK, as we drive into the key conversations within the app industry. And today's topic is setting up your org for apps. With me today, we have Mark Collin, Managing Director of Kin and Carter, a global digital transformation consultancy, former global director at Ukes Netaporta, and ThoughtWorks, a leading technology consultancy that pioneered a lot of the agile working approach that so many of us use today. Honestly, looking at Mark's history, I couldn't think of a better guest to have with us. You've set up multiple teams and worked with and for some of the world's biggest brands. Mark, thanks for joining us today. You're lending a lot of experience to our conversation. Thank you, Miles. Thanks for having me. Great. And now before we get into it, as you probably know, we like to kick things off with a simple question of what is your favourite app, Mark? Uh, I would say it's very hard to choose one. Uh, because there are probably three that reflect uh, my lifestyle and my daily use. Uh, so I'm going for one function, one fashion, and one fun. Um, Barclays, I would say, is the most functional and most used app that I have on uh, on my phone. Um, and I've had that experience, I would say, now for nearly 20 years. Not always in an app format, uh, but I would say it was one of the first real brands that took hold of digital transformation for customer and really made that work uh, on a mobile device. So Barclays, um, probably my number one most used. Um, from a fashion standpoint, I'm going to be obviously biased towards um, apps within the Uxnetta Porter group. Uh, but I have to say the Mr. Porter app from function form, creative and experience standpoint uh, is still definitely my, uh, my favorite fashion app. Um, but also because I love the home screen widget, which is personalized to me uh, and is my extended window into the world of men's fashion. Um, and finally, from a fun standpoint and a planning standpoint, um, Expedia, I think, is an organization that really figured out quite early on that mobile uh, was such an important part of their experience that they they almost forced customers over to use mobile um, and I've been using Expedia for probably 20, best part of, I don't know, 15, 20 years to book travel. Um, and it's so seamless and easy to do now that I've stayed with that when there are so many other options on the market. Uh, so I still book most of my travel with Expedia. So those are the three uh, that, that sit, you know, fairly prominently on the front screen of my uh, my phone. Yeah, there you go. You've got some really good ones there. 20 years of customers. That's pretty rare these days. That's a pretty loyal guy, Mark. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know whether that is also an age and a demographic thing. Uh, I, I tend to be loyal to brands, but I'm also, you know, always interested in technology and experience. And and if it isn't working, then I, I will switch. Um, but I would say, luckily for those brands that I actually do love, uh, they have really focused on building their business and their organization around providing a fantastic mobile experience. So, um, you know, when those two things come together, then that inherent loyalty uh, will always remain. That's nice. Uh, so we're here to talk about organizational structure. I guess we should probably start off with kind of why is organizational structure important in the kind of pursuit of your kind of app growth and app, app business? Um, we we talk a lot at Kin and Carter now about what we call the uh, intelligent experience. And the way we try and frame that, uh, which is very relevant to organizational structure, is, is really around digital transformation. And if we think about the last decade 
of digital transformation uh, about becoming digital. So this is, you know, many organizations worldwide just really going on that journey to understand what online means, what web means, what app means in their overall experience strategy for and with their customers. The last decade was really about becoming digital. Um, the next decade we really see is becoming much more data-driven um, and intelligent in the way that the experience is provided. And, and organizations and the ones that actually, you know, I, I have favored in my own personal uh, preference have done that. So they they have redesigned uh, their organizational structure. They've rethought how they come to market with their customer experience. And they have become very mobile uh, and data driven to, to create the best experience for, for those customers to capture them and to keep them. So the organizational structure being set around those goals is incredibly important. Uh, and I know, you know, coming from the Uxnet of Porter Group, uh, mobile first was absolutely a, a key constituent of, of the transformation of that business, uh, but also how it then moved to 50, 60, 70% of customers actually being with the brands on mobile. And the organization then really needs to reshape around that. So coming from a transformation decade of becoming digital and the next decade really becoming mobile first and data driven, uh, we'll see organizations really start to structure around that. So you think it kind of lies in like we always there's like this thing around good structures should exploit your kind of market advantages. And you think like the market advantage for most kind of companies gone through that digital transformation is the digital and actually the mobile element of that. Um, and essentially the data that comes out of that and you see like as long as they make that structural change to exploit that advantage that's kind of the key the key thing well it should always reflect the strategy first and foremost so you know whatever that business is is really trying to do for its customers it could be business to business it could be business to consumer um it needs to reflect the strategy so the organization structure needs to be very aligned with the, the strategy of that organization but as we've said i think you know if we look at like 99% of businesses worldwide, they have had to go through that digital uh, transformation to become more digital. It then really becomes around that focus, hyper-focus on uh, the customers that they want to engage the most, so their best customers. Um, and the channel and, let's say, the customer-focused strategy um, that you have using, using digital um, and, and still within the business-to-consumer and, and definitely within the consumer space, uh, app and mobile first is is a clear direction that many organizations are uh, moving towards okay great so what would you think say is what you find is like the most common thing in poor organizational structure like you see that and you go okay there's poor organizational structure here um most employees don't really understand their organization strategy so you know either the strategy is not clear enough and reflected in um Externally, you know, how, how that business talks about themselves in the market, but, but internally how it talks about what's most important to their employees, uh, the, you know, the daily work of any individual within the company. Um, the most common issue uh, with poor organizational structure is that people just do not understand uh, their daily work, the relevance of it to the overall strategy of their business. Um, and that's easily defined. If you ask an employee, why are you here? What do you do? How is it relevant to where your company is going? Um, if you can't answer those three questions uh, fairly easily and succinctly, you know you've got a problem with your organizational structure. 
Yeah, interesting. Do you think that's kind of like breeds kind of conflicting goals? Like we often see, it's interesting how you say about the external and the internal, because like we often see, you know, externally we're, we're hearing in these earnings calls about, you know, what's the priority, what they're driving towards, et cetera, et cetera. But then when you get onto the internal call with the, you know, the teams, shall we say, the doers, and they're aligning themselves to something completely different, um, which is kind of, we often see that happen. Um, so it's interesting that you mentioned there the external and the internal. Uh, working together and, and and it's also a spectrum i think the you know the organizations that have gone through some level of digital transformation that got comfortable with um the need to be adaptive uh, and agile not just from a technology or a you know design or a digital sense but from an organizational sense they're actually now good at doing change more incrementally whereas it can be much more of a like like a radical or uh, difficult change if you if you're almost being forced to change either because you were there too late or you didn't change fast enough um, then it becomes much more difficult for organizations to almost reinvent themselves uh, and change that structure because of the you know let's say embedded behaviors within the organization so many organizations got really good at this and they're adaptive and they're agile and they do this incrementally now uh, but there are still many more more organizations that either won't make it or we'll find that now, you know, digital transformation very difficult to do because they're stuck in a more traditional structure. Would you say that's kind of an ingredient for good organisational structure in the sense that they're just used to doing this and the frequency of them doing it? Exactly. Uh, adaptive, resilient, iterative. So, you know, the, the organisational design and the ways of working um, almost follows the, the speed at which technology can actually help their business to uh, you know, build a better customer experience, change their business model, um, and you know, continually sort of reinvent or adapt what they do uh, in in the market for their customers. And we still see many organisations, particularly in the retail and consumer space, where you know maybe only ten to twenty percent of their business is actually online. I mean, that's still going to change quite significantly over the next few years, even if they feel embedded in bricks and mortar. Uh, and again, mobile, being mobile first and using app-centric approaches will bring together online and offline uh, more cohesively for for customers. And I think interestingly, when you start to look inside organizational structure, digital teams, where the mobile teams sit is, is a really, I would say, often um, clear indicator about how intentional organizations are about their digital strategy. Yeah, so you think having that kind of clear business intent, shall we say, in, in that strategy and kind of moving towards that, you say, incrementally, continually evolving and having that kind of clear decision making, kind of almost somewhat would kind of, you know, if, as long as they've made the first mover advantage effectively, rather than being forced by the market to change when everyone else has already done so, um, would be kind of key benefits in this process, we'd say. Yeah, Um I mean, I guess latest statistics on where we ended up in 2022 and where we're going in 2023 um, is that downloads and time spent on apps remains incredibly hot. Even if spending is cooling slightly, um, you know, having a you know mobile web first maybe and, and you know, a mobile app uh, strategy to engage customers is still absolutely the direction uh, that organizations should really follow. Um, and make you know make the most of. Yeah. And why is it so hard to get good structure? So, like, even if you 
you know, a lot of businesses probably cottoned on to the fact that most of their customers sit on mobile devices and they're spending a lot of that time in an app and you know, probably some of their best customers already sit in their kind of app they haven't really spent that much time with. So why is it so hard to then get a good structure to make the most of that advantage? Um, I think if we look back and maybe, I don't know, think about applying Conway's law to, you know, how people think about organizational structure, um, Conway's law really says that organizational structure tends to follow the communication uh, model within the organization and therefore systems or teams or ways of working start to build around that. Um, so it, it, well, one, it takes, it takes a lot of time. You have to have a clear direction. So you have to be very clear about the strategy, the outcomes that you want really uh, from that strategy. Um, and I think interestingly in the consumer space, it's really about that shift in thinking from channels to let's say products, so being more product oriented uh, as as an organisation, but certainly becoming more outcome focused on what you're actually trying to do for your customers, versus thinking in systems and channels. Um, and that's why it's really hard because you know we typically hire people around systems or applications or technology sets, um, rather than you know flipping that to think about okay, if mobile first is the strategy that we're taking at Barclays, Expedia or Mr. Porter, how do we realign effort, focus and time to make sure that the experience outcomes uh, for, for mobile, for example, are a priority and things align behind that versus app dev teams, platform teams, system teams, uh, which is typically when you peel, you know, when you peel the skin back, what you tend to find uh, teams more organized around systems uh, or domains rather than outcomes um, and the overall strategy. Do you think that creates some sort of cultural conflict between those that are you know, used to that kind of older system design versus the customer outcome design? Because I imagine like in the customer outcome design, you've got quite a lot of, I would say like traditional like cross-functional alignment and you know all working together in these kind of like hybrid teams versus you know a very like rigid process where it goes along the system right so do you think there's a cultural challenge to that there there is there is always a cultural challenge and a huge tension from you know even taking that first step to be maybe becoming more product management or product oriented uh you know the idea of cross-functional teams then destroys the existing structure of um, I don't know, design, build, test, deploy, maintain, you know, if that is a fairly typical uh, historic structure of how digital and technology might work, you know, building products that persist and and, and having that huge cust uh, customer focus is a massive shift away from, uh, you know, maybe an existing structure that looks like that. And the other the other bigger challenge in, 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 my, uh, in my experience is even if you can, you know, start to form what will good look like in a, in a better organizational structure, the budgeting and the financing processes uh, are still heavily ingrained in, um, in the past. So they, they will be annual project or program typically driven from a budgeting cycle uh, or a budgeting and financing perspective versus, you know, how do I finance this new product or these five or 10 product teams that are now focused on mobile first customer experience? So, you know, there are there are big tensions and challenges culturally, um, structurally, 
But, but interestingly, I think when you get right to the bottom of that, uh, it is often it's often a financing and a budgeting challenge that is the most difficult to break. Do you think that's kind of like we we see this thing around old versus new fig eats little in the sense that like the old structure, the old culture is very ingrained, it's big, and you know you see that play out in kind of the way that they're going to market, like their old channel is usually their biggest channel, but it's the new channel, like let's say apps in this instance, which is you know the market advantage where the customers are going to be, but it's not quite as big yet, even though they know that all the old processes and all the old culture kind of eats that little little beast because we try to make the the new one sit within the old one rather than just kind of let it be out and be new and, and pivot our pivot business to the new one so do you kind of see see that issue lots um and it's often the biggest car crash i think you know trying to use a playbook to uh to do digital transformation whether it's you know moving to a product oriented organization model or, you know, you've picked up the Spotify Tribes and Squads handbook and, you know, you think, you know, this this reorganization of people into cross-functional teams is going to answer the question. Um, it's really not that straightforward. I guess we would always advocate for creating a model for one or two teams and really proving and, you know, getting going to, to show what good looks like. Um, and then really, like, a, I would say, a more iterative or longer-term migration towards that model. So you know, not big bang, uh, start to form teams around particular um, customer facing constructs uh, and, and, and let them do their work and, and, and then model around that uh, and start to really, you know, pull the organization across to to that, that way of working or that model over time. Um, yeah. It's kind of that tension that you see between kind of empowering that team in that new model, but then still wanting to have control, right? Because you're probably going to find that they sit within some larger org and you kind of want them to be part of the old process so that you can maintain the control, but then you're not going to move as fast if you don't empower them to kind of get on with it and make decisions in a, in a very quick way. And, and that's really where it rolls all the way back up and it requires very strong leadership, uh, very clear and decisive leadership to agree that, um, you know, if, if this is the new way of working or this is the direction uh, in which we want to go, we're going to have to either set up the uh, environment for these initial teams uh, or an area of the business to actually to actually do this uh, from a structural, from a role, from a HR, and from a financial standpoint to allow this to to happen. Um, you know, show, do, and and you know, share the results of that, um, and actually make sure that you know you can see how working in this way has a clear align to, let's say, the metrics of the business or the performance of uh, that division or, or area of the business. So um, it's not easy, but, you know, you have to start somewhere. And, you know, no matter how small that is, uh, the, you know, the strength of leadership to make it happen uh, is also a, is, is a huge quality that you see with leading organisations. I guess we're on to our kind of final question, I guess. Do you find that you could, you know, we, we get this kind of challenge that if we just hire good people into that space, it will eradicate our need for, for good organizational structure. Do you think it's possible to, to build a good app and a good customer experience by just hiring the good people? Or do you think process is a key part of that? Um, it is absolutely possible, you know, whether you do that internally or externally to hire good people to build a great experience. 
whether that ultimately becomes the transformation of your organization is a very different, I think, a very different question. So you could build uh, fundamentally the world's best app uh, and all your customers could move towards that. But actually, are you at the same time transforming your business to be, I don't know, mobile first or mobile centric as an experience and the Expedia's and the Barclays and uh, those kinds of brands have absolutely done that. So, you know, the app and the, the mobile centric approach becomes the conduit for all the services they want to provide. But that's a huge shift also in, you know, transforming and changing the rest of the organization. So to answer the question, yeah, I mean, getting off to a flying start or a good start with a very strong um, app team with the skills in it that you need to launch a great app um, is one thing, but then balancing that over time with how the rest of the organization adapts to being mobile centric in providing banking, retail, financial services through the main experience um, is, is another thing. And that's really the digital transformation part versus the digital customer experience development part. And, and it is always a balance. Yeah, so you think you can get like a, a good outcome in the in the individual product or service that you're creating within the app but as a business you won't be taking advantage of it if you haven't built the culture and processes around it to support it effectively right and you know sometimes they are tougher decisions on how you favor a channel whether that channel is the store or the web or social or something else that really you're using to drive customers towards the app experience app you know really does become the priority for those businesses i think it was probably 10 years ago maybe um it was very clear and i used to use expedia on web more than i used the app but the incentive to move to mobile was very very clear from expedia so from an organizational standpoint they had really changed how they wanted customers to see them so basically simple things like double points so every booking gained you double points when you booked on the app versus on the web I very quickly uh, stopped using the web and 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 predominantly used uh, used the app. But I imagine there will be teams in Expedia that were incentivized on, um, and this is always a you know another um, challenging and contrary uh, position to have, where web teams are incentivized on performance, uh, you know, customers coming through the funnel and checking out, and they're up against other digital teams that have the same. Uh, performance goals. Now, if you're trying to build one versus the other, at some point you have to take a decision which one you want to be the priority. Um, So, you know, the metrics and the performance measurement of different channels becomes hugely important um, in the the end state that you want to really achieve. That's great, Mark. Thank you so much. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this episode of What's Happening with our special guest, Mark. Uh, We've got more app questions answered on next episode, so if you're curious about how to succeed in apps, be sure to tune in.